Hey, welcome to the Generations Church Podcast, a podcast about everyday people committed to expanding God's family together because of Jesus for generations to come. My name is Kyle Davies, and I am the lead pastor of Generations Church. And in today's bonus episode of the podcast, you get to hear me sit down with Brian Heath. And we continue our conversation around Christmas, specifically some of the challenges that we face as our culture shapes us and pressures us in both realized and unrealized ways. And so I hope you enjoy this episode of the podcast. Thanks for listening. So Brian, we've been asking for a few days on social media now. What are some challenges that people face around the holidays? What are some of the responses you've been getting? Yeah, you know, I last our last conversation, you had kind of mentioned there's some of those expectations of challenges. Um, some of them are are real; they've been spoken. Mm-hmm. You know, family expectations, and then some of them are maybe things that we put on ourselves or pressure that we put on ourselves. Expectations that we think um, like good Christians yeah. would do, or or expectations to be good Christians. Mm. Um, but yeah, some of the responses I got uh, were really interesting. Um, you know, there is a theme because there's uh, trying to do everything uh, and make sure that meeting other mm. people's needs mm. um, and not taking care of themselves okay. during the holidays, uh, feeling too rushed. Um, Feeling over busy and uh, not not taking time to savor it, uh, savor uh, moments of peace. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a uh, feelings of being overwhelmed mm. with expectations, and that one was actually kind of affirmed several times uh, by people. Um, there definitely is a, a theme <laughs> yeah. going there of expectation and and yeah. time and well, what it, and some of the responses I got came out in very like simple ways of like shopping for everyone mm-hmm. or the logistics of getting to the events when other people have scheduled things. So whether if it's Christmas Eve and you've got two people who have invited you to Christmas Eve, how do I choose? And if I choose one and not the other, like, are they going to think less than me? So, so not just the, the external choices of just the mechanics and logistics of that, but also the internal emotions and, you know, trying to, process through that we saw just the just in the macro just people saying yeah commercialism you know feeling like we got to go buy all these presents and and do all these things um one of the challenges that i did come across was the the pressure from just church that that the the schedule piece of the holidays, the, the rigorousness. And if you've paid attention in our culture at all, one of the reoccurring themes that are being talked about is the ability and capacity to rest and rest well. And holidays and rest don't seem to be going in the same direction or or don't seem to be quite compatible, but it's amazing because kids get three weeks off school or you know several weeks off school and so they can sleep in. And I remember thinking back when I was young, it's like I loved being uh, on Christmas break because you could sleep in a little bit more. You could stay up later. There was, just as a kid, there was an ability to rest. But now being on this side of the age spectrum, 
there doesn't seem to be a ton of time to rest. Everyone says, oh, rest, take care of yourself, do this. But that doesn't always find itself in our schedule and in our plans. And when it does, it can cause some conflict. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, and I think, like you were saying too, the the commercialism side of it where it's, we're getting hit so early now (laughs) in the year you know, Thanksgiving hasn't even hit yet. We haven't even gotten, I mean, this year, I think we hadn't even gotten through um, Halloween mm. and, you know, Costco already got their Christmas yes. stuff. You yes. know, they're already kind of pushing this this theme of, of buying and they're pushing kind of this got to hurry up and get this wallet while it's still here before the sale goes away. You know, Black Friday, <laughs> which was such a, you know, like, it was it was always this idea like okay get through Thanksgiving yes and then okay now we're gonna take Christmas and 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 I think it was helpful for people because there was with that definition or that even yeah. just having you know Black Friday exist yeah the way that it did is you you didn't feel that pressure and mm. you know the pressure was family for yeah. Thanksgiving you know and you were you were the pressures came from you know being with your family and trying to you know be thankful mm-hmm. and then it was like you know the next day that's kind of when the commercialism hit yes. that said okay now we're, we're ramping into this you know christmas season uh big time and you know now it's we're seeing this kind of bleeding of commercialism into that's creeped in all the way up to halloween and you know beyond yeah, and we're not trying to be disparaging to people who, who, who truly and thoroughly <laughs> enjoy Christmas, but I think the the presence of Christmas trees and decorations and prepare for this is getting earlier and earlier and earlier. I think in some ways to try it, it's sometimes I think it can be society's way of trying to combat all the pressures mm-hmm. in a single in a single month. But simultaneously, exactly what it's doing is it's shaping us to think about, okay, what are we going to get? Who are we going to give it for? Uh, are, are we prepared? You know, do we have things figured out? All these questions that start to trickle through our minds as soon as we see that first Christmas tree in Costco, yep. that it's like, oh my goodness, like that's, that's already here. And again, some people thoroughly enjoy <laughs> Christmas. But they've got the countdown as soon as it hits, hit, hits July. And it's and it's usually because they truly love the time they get with people. They love the music. I'm a person who I won't listen to Christmas music until after Thanksgiving. And even if I do, a little bit. Again, I'm a Grinch, so I'm not a huge fan of uh, Christmas music. So take it for what it's worth. <laughs> but what what you see is the the subtle shift in moving Christmas earlier and earlier and earlier starts to get us around thinking of. Have we bought presents? Can, you know, what can we do to basically appease others and prepare for this for this time? And one of the things that I've noticed, and it just hit me this year, is that in that string of Thanksgiving, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, what you have is Giving Tuesday. What's so ironic is that Giving Tuesday comes after Thanksgiving. Black Friday and Cyber and Cyber Monday. And so it, it's curious to me that the idea of generosity mm-hmm. gets placed last 
in the in the midst of of that cycle. And so yes, Thanksgiving is first in that cycle. But I almost wonder if as as believers, we almost should hold the posture of generosity comes before, you know, spent spending. So almost and and again, you can give gifts, you can you you're trying to demonstrate love and care usually through gift giving if you've got a right frame of mind. But when it's built in with all these expectations, sometimes you can go into debt to purchase gifts for people. And so I guess in some ways what I'm verbally processing right now is what would it almost look like to have a giving Tuesday to be generous, to sow seeds of generosity into the community, into the lives of others before... You're thankful for how God has blessed you even before you start to purchase things on Black Friday and Cyber Monday. I just think some of the fact that the Giving Tuesday comes after all that shows that oftentimes what we do is when it comes to being generous, we 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 have that almost generosity it, it's pushed to the margins or it's on the fringes or it's leftovers. And specifically, I again, for giving presents or things like that, again, you're buying that on Black Friday or Cyber Monday, but the, the heart behind Giving Tuesday really is the nonprofit world, initiatives for those who don't have a ton. And so by the time you've spent your, probably your paycheck on gifts, on Black Friday or Cyber Monday or even prior to then, you don't have a ton of margin or a ton left over to actually maybe make a tangible difference in someone who, someone's life who doesn't have quite maybe what you have. Mm-hmm. And so that's just that's just some of the the processing as again commercialism subtly says, you know, look at what you can get, look at what you can receive, and. And, or, and when you look at what you can get, when you conceive, it's it's the physical things that bring the happiness. And so both into your life and into the lives of others is when you have physical things, when you when you have um, when you have material things, that is what will, will what will bring happiness. And so that's when we use that term commercialism. That's what we're we're getting at there. And so. Brian, just I just verbally process that out loud. What it, what's what's resonating with you? What what are some things that you would have more questions about in yeah. regard to some of me just processing that there? Yeah, I think I think part of the the processing of the the idea of commercialism is 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 kind of flipping it in the sense of so what what is generosity look mm. like? Um, you know, and I think. I think it's easy to it's easy to uh, condemn commercialism. Correct. It's easy to kind of point to it and say this is bad. This is the world. This is not Christians. This is not how we're supposed to be. And mm-hmm. so then that feeds some of these expectations. These, yes. That that feeds some of this this expe- expectations that we're putting on ourselves, where we're saying yeah. like. Um, it's bad to 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 go out and be a part of Black Friday. It's bad to, um... <laughs> so you know, as we're talking about commercialism, understanding that you know it it goes back to the motivation. Mm-hmm. But it, I think it can, um, 
you know, again, it can feed into this, you know, like I feel bad because I, I, I want to give gifts or I feel bad, yeah. you know, and, and so I think, you know, it goes hand in hand with kind of what you're talking about because, you know, you're talking about, you know, giving Tuesday and, and, and I think it's important that what we're doing in the midst of all of it. So you put it all under an umbrella of generosity and, and you, and you're setting expectations that are based on your intentionality behind why you're doing it. So I'm not just going out and I'm and I'm buying things on on Black Friday and buying things on Cyber Monday and I'm getting all of these accumulating all of these presents to to do it so that, you know, my family has presents and and I feel good about myself. Yeah. What's to generate happiness? Correct. Yeah. If that's what my motivation is, that's feeding a false that's feeding a false self that's feeding that's not feeding into your true identity as a as a christ follower as a a person who is is uh, has their identity rooted in truth Mm -hmm. that's somebody who is is looking to others to find their own self and and so i think as we're looking at being generous during the holiday seasons as we're being a part of the gift giving you know i think some of it is just even looking at scripture and and saying like you know does is it okay even you know and I I love uh, Matthew uh, chapter seven uh, verses nine through eleven uh, where I'll just read the verse uh, it says you parents mm. if your children ask for a loaf of bread do you give them a stone instead if or if they ask for a fish do you give them a snake of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? Mm. And I think for me, that was a helpful verse when it came to putting commercialism in mm. perspective, putting this idea of, of, is it okay to even give gifts? <laughs> um, and that pressure, because I was looking at it going, like God wants to give us good gifts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like He wants us, um, He He wants us to have more than just you know food and clothes. I mean, those mm-hmm. are important, but it's mm-hmm. like He provides for us beyond mm-hmm. kind of what we expect, and and we should value gifts. You know, mm-hmm. we can value that, and it can be a part of as mm-hmm. you know if it's part of being intentional. And and I think you know it's it's understanding. Okay, so what is my why am I doing this? Why am I giving these mm-hmm. gifts? Is it just to feed myself or is it to, to, to care for others? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and I think, you know, like for the giving Tuesday, it's, if this is a value, if I, if I value, um, people who are less fortunate, fortunate, who are marginalized, these organizations that, that are in need, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that becomes a priority and I'm setting aside resources financially yeah. To support those ahead of time, you know, like my wife and I, just a real practical way of looking at that, um, you know, she gets a a bonus um, every year for Christmas, uh, or she has been getting that, you know, we've gotten bonuses in the past, and that's always been kind of the money we end up, that's what we have to really spend on Mm. Christmas, and, you know, but out of that, we 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 tithe out of that, Mm. like we we set aside the some some of that those funds, and we use that tithe. To give generously to organizations and people who were marginalized during the, you know, not just during the holiday season, you know, throughout the year, but it's like that becomes that, that money that, 
you know, and we've already pulled it out, so it's not there yeah. when we go to buy. Yeah. Well, and I love what what you've just done there and illustrated for us is it's it's a it's a first thing. It's not something that comes after. Yeah. And what we see, and just just the timeline of dates is I think as I reflect on what I was verbally processing, is the the generous spirit or the day that's supposed to mark generosity again we can deconstruct that a little bit if we wanted to but just in the timeline of events that comes after Mm -hmm. you've already spent your money so that the what you you don't have the what you're doing is it's afterthought it's coming at rather than being first and again, generosity is not something that you just do once or twice a year. It's really, it's really learning to cultivate a, a generous life. As someone who follows Jesus, one of the values we talk around about at Generation Church is give over get. Is we we look at what does it look like to live generously in all aspects of our lives, rather than always wanting to receive more. Because I think so often. Is what happens is it's what are you getting out of it? What what do you, what, what what do you want for it? And so even even the intangible things we mentioned a moment ago, happiness is like so why why do we why do we give a gift? Is it so that we are fulfilled mm-hmm. and we are happy? Well, that that's a, the whole reason you're giving the gift is not because you've thought about the other person and you want to see see a level of joy in their life. What you've done is so you've given a gift so that you feel good and back to your point it's just simply simply the motivation and our culture has has shaped us i think in some both intentional and ways and some just unintentional ways and so we have to be able to step back in our own life and trace back to the root of saying okay when i purchase a gift for someone else around this time of year why am i doing it what is my expectation of it and even because here's what happens is what what I think people get so overwhelmed about is what if it doesn't bring the reaction that I want? Mm-hmm. Well, there there's the issue. It's the reaction that you want, or what if it doesn't bring the you know the reaction that I hope for? Or what if they don't like it? And and what you're what you're starting to ask all these questions around is is it becomes more on almost how you feel and how how you can cope and how can you handle it. And you've started to look in, inwardly at, at your own life rather than recognize that the posture of giving a gift is you can't control how the other person will respond. What you have ultimate really sway over is where is your joy? Where is your source of identity? And it's not in what, t- what big gift can I get or what small gift maybe can I give and feel ashamed about it's at the end of the day, it's who you are is not the type of gift that you give. Um, and so I just, I think that's very practical for people as we begin to look at the holidays and remember that your identity is not bound up in what our world says that you should or shouldn't do. It's bound up in Jesus and who he says you are and how he has laid his life down for you. And that's the whole point of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Is him stepping out of heaven into earth, celebrating his birth because he's given us the best gift of all, and that is himself. Because we are valuable, we are lovely, we are we are worth it. And so when we remember that, 
again, just, just to maybe reiterate the point, is make sure you have healthy expectations on around gift giving, around the, the framework of buying gifts. And remember that it is not always what, what you can do for someone else, but it's what Christ has done for us. And therefore, we can have a freedom and a level of joy and a level of peace that is present amidst all the activity that we see uh, in our in our world. But the buying gift aspect, the commercialism <laughs> aspect, isn't the only pressure that we see placed in our lives. Mm-hmm. Brian, what are what are just some other pressures that you think people? or maybe even mentioned in some of the challenges that we could just name a few around uh, just just this time of year. That that maybe if just shifted or reoriented, they can get put back in their proper place. Yeah, I, I definitely think, you know, one of the other themes is like this idea of, of being rushed hmm. uh, that's come out on several of the comments that I've seen um, feeling, you know, overwhelmed by kind of the whole season mm-hmm. and 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 you know a lot of that i think centers for a lot of people around the family mm-hmm. dynamic um uh and i th- you know i think we can get into that i did i did want to ask you a quick question though okay. before we get too far into it yeah going back to the generosity kind of aspect as a parent yeah <laughs> um you know especially at christmas time when we're facing you know this this bombardment of of commercialism and you know Santa and and all this yeah. stuff that kind of goes with it with our kids. Um, what are some practical things that you guys have done um, for your kids to start mm. kind of teaching some gener- teaching a, a, a proper perspective, I guess, on generosity or this or oh, what we were just talking about? Yeah. So so Ruth and I, one of the things we have tried to do is we have tried to, and this is, speaks to some of just our relationship and our marriage, is we try to maintain a level of just consistency in in our gift giving. And so cultivating some unique family traditions of, hey, what, what, is, what is joyful and what is uh, generous is, is doing things that for each other. So um, like the Christmas Eve, like we do a book and a puzzle and pajamas. And so just simple gifts to cultivate a level of family unity. And again, just of generosity is to be generous. You don't have to have much, mm-hmm. but you can give something and inviting our kids to participate in that. So allowing them to go to a store and going with us and saying, hey, if you could buy something for, for your sibling." You know what? What would you buy? And so, allowing our kids to purchase things for their siblings. So, like helping Xavier think about, okay, what what are things Mia likes? And so he's got to go through his head and go, what is Mia like? And then Mia and uh, Xavier together going into a store and going, what are things that Avery would actually play with? And so, helping them cultivate a a thought around the their other siblings' interests, things that they've seen, things that they've noticed. And so there's a level of, of generosity there. 
But what I, again, what I'd also say is every year we have tended to pray about and consider some sort of like Christmas offering. So something that go is able, we're able to give above and beyond. And that's something that Ruth and I, we, we talk about and we talk through at the end of the year, what are some things that we can do to, to be generous for, whether it's for initiatives that we care about uh, or things like that. But the just as, just as I think about it, the things that we do with our kids, what Ruth and I have often tried to do is just simply model it. I, if I'm honest, there's not been a ton of explicit conversation around it. And we talk about individual gift giving. We talk about the heart of Christmas and Jesus and why we do it. But there's not, there's not been necessarily a wider conversation around generosity. And I say that, again, I've got three under five. Yep. So so those conversations, I'm sure, will be coming. What about for you guys? I mean, what as you guys have thought about this generosity and being generous this time of year, what are some things that you guys have have tried to do and cultivate in your family? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think you've got to taper your expectations when you're talking about young, young yes. kids. Um, you know, the conversations we had with Megan at three and four at five are different than what we're starting to have now at six. Mm. Um, you know, it seems like, you know, now there's a little bit more um, processing going on okay. for her um, where we can we can point out things. I think, um, yeah, I, you know, trying to even just start at a young age with her um, communicating the why like mm-hmm. why why are we doing this um it's tough because i mean she is um she was a long time coming for us mm. um we waited a lot you know it, it was 15 years before we found out we were gonna have a have a baby and um so there was a lot of anticipation and um she is not only brought you know tremendous joy to us but our families uh they they want to spoil her you know like yeah. the grandparents you know they 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 appreciate her and value her and mm. so you know it it it's made it challenging around yes. christmas because you know she can get just overwhelmed by by presents and, mm. and things like that and so um yeah we've we've kind of done some similar things i think to you um and ruth where you know we we take her to the store you know when we're looking for presents for a cousin or looking for presents for you know, or even like, like we've, we've been trying to, you know, care for her teacher, Mm. um, every year. And it's like, you know, try to include her in those conversations. Um, you know, and, and it was tough early on. We first started doing that because she just thought like we're getting her presents and trying to explain to her that like, you know, this is for your cousin or this is for, you know, your teacher or, um, but as she's gotten, because I think we've been consistently doing that Mm. every year, like this year has been, she's been a little bit more aware, been able to process mm. with us the why okay. question more, um, you know. And then we try to space things out as much as we can too. Yeah. Um, we try to create time or space to just appreciate um, what's going on, um, and we don't, you know, we're pretty intentional around our house with how many decorations we put up and how, mm. you know, or what decorations we have and, and, you know, the significance behind them or meanings. And, and we just, we bring Megan along in those conversations, yeah. you know, cause she, 
you know, if, if she had her way, you know, she would want, every, you know, this whole place to be lit up, you mm-hmm. know, and and crazy, you know, stuff. And, and we just try to keep that in perspective. And, you know, um, but also, like, again, recognize that she's six. Yeah. <laughs> and And it's okay for her to it's okay for her to be a little selfish. Like, yeah. I, like, you know, I, I, when Julie and I first became parents, you know, like that was such a stressor. Like mm. it was a stressor, you know, she's getting all these presents and she's getting <laughs> overwhelmed and it's so much. And like, she's yeah. not grateful and yeah. we're afraid we're going to ru- make this rotten kid, <laughs> you know? And, and I, I loved what you said about generosity, that it's not just, I'm paraphrasing. Yes. But it's not just a, a holiday thing for you guys. Mm. Like it's not something that it's something that you practice yeah. all the time with your family. Yeah. And so while Christmas is the special kind yeah. of time and this it definitely puts the emphasis on giving and yes. and what you know, getting presents and stuff like that. You you try to kind of instill this idea mm-hmm. of being generous throughout the year. Um and I think that's that's been helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, to where it, it, it's okay that this yeah. is a, maybe yeah. a little bit more on the the selfish side yeah. for her um because there's lots of opportunities yeah. to invest in teaching her generosity and teaching her you know meeting needs yeah. for other people and um I will say one really cool thing um we just look for opportunities to have conversations now mm. and um some of it just comes out of her own questions um mm. one of the best has been the Salvation Army bell ringers, like mm. uh, going to you know the store and they're out ringing the the bell, um, has has offered just really practical, easy way to to start a conversation. You know, her Megan's just like, what is that? Like, yeah. why are they ringing a bell? You know, what's yeah. why did they why do they have the bucket? And you know, it's been fun to watch her under gain an understanding of that, mm. like. And then, and then to see it come into a practical thing where we've seen her like hold some change, knowing we were going to go to the store so that she can give money. Mm. Um, you know, sometimes she just looks at us and asks us if we have money and, you know, and, or whatever. And we've had her clean out our car <laughs> yeah. for change um, while we're there. But it's, it's, it's small things like that mm. that I think have helped kind of build in. And, you know, and again, I think for us as parents is understanding the ex and not having an expectation of perfection Mm. in this. And, you know, even as we talk about all this stuff, I think it's really helpful to see the difference. (laughs) Like we don't have to be perfect. Mm. God's not looking for perfection. He's not looking for us to have all the answers or to have it all figured out. And, you know, you've said it and, and I, you know, and I, I'll, I'll say it too. I mean, we're, we're still learning. Yeah. <laughs> we're still in process. We're still yeah. recovering from yeah. whatever <laughs> um, unhealthy perspectives yeah. we have. And, you know, God doesn't, God doesn't need perfection. Um, mm. He just, he just wants our heart. He wants us to be, um, to be working towards, you know, being intentional. And, and I think so for generosity, that's been mm. a big part of it. And, mm. um, you know, kind of shifting gears and going back to our, our discussions about family well, I, th- I think that th- those two play those play really nice together because even with family, is we can have this expectation that we have to show up to family gatherings and have to put on the the perfect presentation. Mm. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, look, look, look! Hey, we're this nice put together, you know. And and inside, you're going like this year has been tough. Like I'm not sure I want to be here. 
like how do I handle like being around you know my crazy uncle or you know how do I you know I, we've got some you know cousins or nieces and nephews and they're they're always doing this and they're saying this and it's like man will will my kid be shaped by it and it, you start you know, all, all the potential of like okay like at the end of the day why are you why are you getting together with your family just how we said why are you giving gifts what is what is what is the why behind it and are you are you getting together with your family and when you when you get together with your family are you doing it to to prove something are you doing it so that they go oh you know look at look at you and you know you you got your kids and to kind of get that attaboy pat on the back to get that stamp of approval like ha proved y'all wrong like i can i can be a good parent or like we can't we could do it um, it almost becomes a competition. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There, 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 there's that level of competitiveness, or it's like, oh, look, you know, you know, you're in the middle of doing something, and you start to look at, you know, your kids and their cousins, and you start to compare, and it's all of a sudden what what, what becomes is it feeds into this comparison, this competition, and all you're trying to do is one up each other because what's the goal is because you recognize you're not perfect, but you want off often put off this perfect persona that can at the end of it just really put a damper on things and you and you start to nitpick and you start to critique family members <laughs> and you stop and and you forget that they have gifts that there are there are things that they are good at you can begin to appreciate them and so whether it's putting your family up on a pedestal and it be the end all be all because also is if let me just ask this question if you had to miss a family gathering this year like how would how would you take that how how would you feel in inside about that would you feel like that's the end of the world and your family would never speak to you again or is it or is it something that you know some sometimes that that happens and, and plans change and again your worth is not tied up in you being present with with your family, but I'm also not giving you an excuse to 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 to, to avoid all your family gatherings for those listeners well, Kyle, out there. Kyle said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I don't have to come to this family function." Yeah, yeah, exactly. I did not say that. Oh man, you're gonna get some hate mail. <laughs> I know, I know that that's that's coming. But but again, it's it's what what are you proud of? What what is your sense of worth? What is your sense of a, approval? And at the end of the day, is you're not always going to be able to show up to every family gathering perfect, and and because of that, if you can name that and identify it, mm-hmm. what what I'm trying to do is help help some of that pressure come off, help some of that feeling of being overwhelmed come off. You are not what you do. You are who Christ says you are, which is loved, which is valuable which is someone who is becoming more like him if you're actively uh, following Jesus. And so, and I, just to briefly continue that train of thought, there's these activities that end up on our schedule. And sometimes one of those is Mm church-related. Sometimes there is this pressure that, well, to be a good Christian or to be a right follower of Jesus that you have to show up to all of these church activities. Now, around Generations Church, one of the things 
that we have tried to put our emphasis on is that we are truly everyday people, which means one holiday, one moment, one one service is not going to make or break your faith. It is a, 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 a string of days, of moments, and active walk with Jesus that will help you cultivate some of those values that we've already talked about. But I also know that some of these church activities can also be good and remind us why we're doing what we're doing once mm-hmm. again. And so, Brian, like as I, again, just verbally process some of that out loud, what's, what's some of that what, what hits you? Yeah, I think, I think those things are probably the biggest contributor, whether it's family or it's church activities, um, you know, and then just the, the, the time aspect of not having enough time to, you know, because we're, we're working right up until Christmas Eve or, or whatever and trying to find time to shop and we've got, you know, there's church performances or, you know, there's a Christmas Eve service, all that kind of stuff that's happening. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, we just feel this this anxiety or the stress that comes up with time and and comes up with these expectations and um and i i think i i you know i love i love the idea that of what you know you're saying about generations you know it's one service doesn't make um doesn't make your faith doesn't make your your uh your relationship with christ um there obviously there is a there's a ton of of a benefit to being able to participate yes. in a Christmas Eve service. Um, there's a ton of benefit to be, you know, to be able to be a part of, of that time as a, as a community to come together and to celebrate yeah. um, the birth of Jesus to, you know, it's a unique experience. Um, you know, for years, my wife and I um, have served in, uh, you know, our local churches and I was a pastor for many years, and so it was a requirement for me <laughs> to be there on Christmas Eve. And yeah. so that was a tension because, as I said earlier in our story, um, one of the traditions was is that I spent Christmas Eve mm. with um, with my with my real dad and and the Heath side of the family. Yeah. That was our tradition. We would always go over to my grandma and grandpa's house and have Christmas Eve, Christmas dinner. Um, our our special Christmas dinner is yeah. a tuna noodle casserole. Okay, I don't know if you've ever had that before. I have not. It's pretty awesome. Um, it's noodles, tuna fish, cheese, and um, and pea or not peas. Uh, now I'm not even thinking what's all in it. Uh, like cream of mushroom. It's okay, a, it's a casserole. Okay, but uh, it's make me a little bit hungry right yeah. now. We get so- that with uh, orange Jello and carrots. Okay, in the orange Jello. Okay. Little slices. Interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know if Jello should be ruined like that, though. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a little bit honest I'll, about that. I'll throw you a curveball too. Is our family likes to put mayonnaise on the Jello? Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm learning a lot about you right now. Don't, in this don't moment. knock this me. Is, try it. But yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna, gonna knock it. But I'm not necessarily gonna say I'm gonna try it though either. <laughs> so this is our. I mean, that, that was our tradition. Yeah. You know? And uh, so as I started serving in the church. Uh, we had to be at Christmas Eve service, mm. and uh, I couldn't be at my family's house. And and there was a lot of years where we would drive up, uh, you know, ten o'clock at night to try to catch my poor family, uh, try mm. to catch them before they all left or went to bed, um, and just to be, even if it was for a moment, to kind of still be a, mm. do the family tradition thing. And it felt rushed. Mm. It felt. Um, 
you know, because we didn't want to let our we didn't want to let our family down. Yeah. You know, so feeding into this this uh, identity piece for us around the holidays and some of the anxiety was like, well, we we can't miss Christmas Eve with my with my family. Mm. We can't miss you know Christmas morning. You know, and then we used to get into huge debates over. Christmas morning. Who got us Christmas morning? Mm. You know, was it going to be, you know, Julie's family or was it going to be my family? And, mm. and you know, someone's going to get their feelings hurt if we can't do Christmas morning. And, you know, once Megan was born, it added a whole new pressure. Oh, yes. Because everybody wants to have Megan for Christmas morning yes. and and all this kind of stuff. And, and I remember that anxiety for us was was mm. building where it just felt like, you know, we can't be in all these places yeah. at one time. And, you know, and we're going to disappoint somebody. Mm-hmm. And, you know, going back to, to your point, I think um, we had to, to step back and we had to look at like why, the why question. Why are we doing this? And, and if we can't do all of these things the way that we think we're supposed to. Yes. Um, how do we communicate that to our family? Well, yeah. And, you know, and so it was just being honest, like, and, and, you know, we were fortunate, um, you know, my dad totally got it yeah. <laughs> um, that, you know, I had to work, you know, they weren't happy about it and stuff like that. But, um, and then we also, we just appreciated what we could give, mm-hmm. you know, like, well, we can't, we can't give the whole night. Yeah. Um, but we're going to give, you know, we are going to go up and make a point because we do think it's important. Mm-hmm. And so even though it still, it didn't change. So nothing changed for us. We were still going to Christmas Eve service and we would get done with Christmas Eve service and we'd drive to Piala mm-hmm. as soon as it was over. And I'd get really mad at, at whatever, you know, lead pastor I was working for at the time. who said, we're going to do two Christmas Eve services because <laughs> it meant that we were out even later. Yeah. Um, but we would... We would, you know, have the car loaded up and, yep. and you know, Julie would have the car running. <laughs> and I would literally <laughs> run out the steps and we would drive straight to, to Puyallup to be with my family. Um, you know, we'd spend an hour or two and then, you know, we'd have Christmas morning and Christmas day with the other mm-hmm. two uh, sets. And it didn't change necessarily how rushed we were. But I think because we were able to understand why we were doing it... Mm. <laughs> um, and recognizing, hey, this this isn't. I mean, it's about us a little bit, but it's it's also we value our family, and this is mm. the one chance we have to kind of get together with the whole family. It's the one chance we have to be um, to to celebrate, you know, the Christmas season or the holidays together, um, and it's part of a tradition mm. that we have. But but just that subtle, sh- it didn't change. I guess the point is, it didn't change what we did. Mm. But man, we felt so much better about it. <laughs> well, I, I think that's I think that's huge there. So if you're listening and you feel like, guys, you've just talked about anxiety and stress and overwhelm, and you are starting to feel that rise up within you, <laughs> don't worry. We will talk about some beautiful aspects of the holidays coming up in our next conversation. But the final point that I would just like to make is that there's freedom found in Jesus, and Jesus is the reason for the season. And so when you can step back, and even though that's cliche, and remember who Jesus is, why he came, what he's done for you, then instead of simply being reactive and responsive to everything that comes at you, you can take a proactive approach 
have a peace about it. And it may not change what you do, but it may give you a better understanding for why you do it. Or maybe it maybe even changes some of what you do as you discern the why behind it. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Generations Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our conversation and that this podcast was able to help you live your faith every day. And as always, you can reach out to us online, social media, or via our website because we would love to answer your questions on the podcast. You can find us on Instagram at GenChurchWA, on Facebook at backslash GenerationsChurchWA, and on our website at mygenerations.church.